Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of Care Comments. I'm here with my friend and super smart, super accomplished, super <laughs> amazing, and super supportive, the Christina Fergusty. Hey, everyone. Um, I'm really happy to have you here. I'm happy to be here. Um, yeah, she's someone who has always been there for me, no matter what kind of wild thing I've done. <laughs> like... I can't even explain, but she's definitely has been someone who's been there for me on like this life transformation that I've been on for the past, I guess, towards the towards the last parts of it. I met her, but she, like just her support and just her being there for me from even like a spiritual perspective. She's always just understood me. She's never judged me for any crazy you know, things that I've been into or things that I've wanted to pursue. And even she's been open to, you know, listen to anything that I've always done. So I just thought there'd be no better person <laughs> to um, be the first co-host on my show, on my podcast. So yeah, thank you so much for being no here And thank you for everything that you meant to me. <laughs> so our first topic is going to be... A bit touchy it's gonna to be something that's a bit touchy for me and it's because of the ti and his and tiny and his daughter controversial um gynecologist visit that he went on with his daughter so today the first episode will be about father-daughter relationships and um you know just healthy boundaries and what what the right um father-daughter or what a healthy father-daughter relationship looks like to both of us to both of yeah. us yeah because you know tina has her thoughts and i have my thoughts we don't always agree <laughs> that's another thing too we don't always agree but she she has always respected me and has always like been able to explain her reasoning behind things so um yeah ti followed his daughter to the gynecologist right and i i was scrolling through the sh i wasn't scrolling through but i was scrolling through my timeline and I saw the shade room post it. And honestly, the first time I saw it, based on my own relationship with my dad, I kind of was like, I kind of wish that I had that. Like, I wish that my dad came to the gynecologist with me when I was a, however years old, I guess. I think I started going to the gynecologist when I was 15 or 16. Um, but I was like, I wish that I had that kind of open, nurturing relationship with my dad, which I don't. So to me, I was kind of like, wow, T.I. is like a real dad for, you know, accompanying his daughter. But then I was reading through the comments and everyone is like, he's so toxic. He's so toxic. But I've never really, I don't know much about T.I. other than his music. But I've heard from Christina that there's a whole other side of T.I. on his show that everybody else knows. And, you know, after watching his Red Table talk, um, I was not impressed by you know, the way that he carried himself, for the most part. I felt like he was very, like, domineering and mm -hmm. just not very... Yes, like, he has, like, um... Like, I don't even know how to describe it, but he just has to have control. Like, he's, like, you know, back in the day when the man was the head of the house. Like, mm -hmm. that's the type of personality that he has. Like, he's, like... He needs to be the man of the house. And not only that, I feel like also um, 
he's just stuck in his ways. As much as he was putting in on to the episodes, like, you know, he's trying to learn, he's mm-hmm. trying to, you know, understand and be better and change. I feel like to him, he feels like change isn't possible at his age. Yeah. Because he's, like, you know, done all this, all his, like, done mm-hmm. everything that he's done all his life. It's just hard for him to change. But when I did first see that, I thought it was a little, I don't know, like, too invasive. Okay. Just because me, myself, I am a very private person. And, yeah. like, I know you were saying, like, how you wish your dad was, like, hands-on and, yeah. like, more involved. Like, my, the first time I had my period, my yeah. dad was the first person to know. Yeah. Like, he okay. was there. My mom yeah. was always working. And he had to talk with me mm-hmm. when those were times I wish my mom was available mm-hmm. to be there. To, you know, she was always working. That's mm-hmm. what she did. But I wish those were talks I had with my mom. Yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I don't mm-hmm. need to tell you, but I don't wish he was there with the guy in college no. looking inside or anything like that. But I mean, just to have that presence mm-hmm. and that support, I feel like it would have made a difference. I feel you. Uh, no, honestly, I see where he was coming from. I feel like he did say it wrong, especially mm-hmm. like through the table, red table talk and the mm-hmm. conversation that they were having and stuff like that. Like Jada even said, like she knew where he was coming from. Mm -hmm. She knew what he was trying to say. It's just his delivery Mm -hmm. of what he was saying was incorrect. Like he said it in a joking manner at first, like, you know, saying like how crazy the world is nowadays. Like he even goes as far as to even go to the gynecologist to see like, you know, check on it. You know, I don't think he's actually probing anyone. all of that but i do think like you know like he had good intentions but i still feel like he lacks the the opportunity to learn and understand the severe the severity of the topic like Mm -hmm. i get you want to be the want to be there for your daughter i get you want to you know make sure she's doing all the right things you know before she's old enough Mm -hmm. to do what she does but at the end of the day do it in a teaching experience rather than like a controlling experience right you know? yeah and i think that's probably how it came off as even when he was on the red, red table talk it was it was almost as if he was there to prove a point mm-hmm. it wasn't there as if he was trying to like reflect and feel mm-hmm. like okay you know how was this embarrassing to my daughter like mm-hmm. i don't even was that i don't even remember that i don't coming up at all i think he, he even said like you know it was after the fact like his daughter let him know like it was bad mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things that you really just don't say mm-hmm. and like you know well at the end of the day this isn't all about like just a you know celebrity standpoint versus social media it's more of just like the relationship but i feel like on that end like especially if i had my dad going to something private is that with me i wouldn't want him to go tell like his friends and do all this stuff yeah. like that and yeah. I, I don't okay. even think i would want my father to be there just because it's like mm-hmm. i feel like he just doesn't understand you yeah. know what i mean on the other end because like we've had several conversations where we're like you know when women sleep with you know, men, every single time you're laying down with someone in bed, that's a soul, like, your soul mm-hmm. is getting tired. Mm-hmm. You're taking a piece of them from yeah. you. And where, although, like, it happens on both, like, male and female sides, it's more under, like, a female, if you tell that to a female about soul pride and have that conversation, she'll understand you more than a male will. Because I feel like we're, we're so in tune with our emotions, emotions and you know, not let me correct myself before I said what I said. Not to say that men do not have an understanding of that, but females are quicker to realize what's going on in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, you'll 
I've had conversations with people or with experience. You'll lay in bed with someone and you'll pick up a characteristic or like a trait of theirs where you're like, that's not me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I could sit there and talk to my dad about that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Whereas my mom, probably she understands. But then yeah. again, my parents are a little like old fashioned right. and from the Caribbean. And yeah. we don't have that talk. Yeah. We don't have like soul ties. You lay down with one person and do all that. Like, it's never on a spiritual aspect. It's just don't lay down with anyone yeah. so that you don't get pregnant and you yes. don't bring anyone exactly. you know, a child home. And I think that's toxic. I think that's I think that that's toxic that, you know, we're not able to have certain conversations with our parents, whether it's our mother or father, about sexual relationships because it is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like having sex with someone and who you share your sexual energy is so powerful. Mm-hmm. With is so powerful. And the reason why I speak of this, even though it's uncomfortable for me, is because I know that there are people who probably don't really get to it's it's a taboo you mm-hmm. know what I mean? especially in our caribbean culture it's something that is not talked about and that's why i want to talk about it and shed lights on it because that it's like when do you have the conversation yeah. when is it appropriate to talk about because i have like i don't have anyone younger than me in my family like a sister but i do have a niece and she's 12 years old and I remember when I was 12, like... You knew things, yeah, right? Like, and but I, you weren't... I mean, we might not have been doing yeah. it, but you, you knew certain things. And I know she knows certain things, but in my mind, like, as much as I would want to have the conversation with her, I still think of her as a child. As a baby. And I'm trying to step away from that because it's like, I don't want her to hear these because, things. But, but that inaction yeah. can do so much more damage. Mm-hmm. And not... What I've realized is that, honestly, I've had people older cousins and that type of stuff who have always said I'm here for you I can mm-hmm. you know I I'm here for you if you ever want to talk I'm here for you now the thing with I'm here for you is that you don't you 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 feel you feel that the person says that they're there for you but you don't really know how like I feel like I'm here for you should be a vulnerable conversation mm-hmm. about my experiences yeah. so that you can you know probably think wow I didn't know that she really does know what's going on you know what I mean I didn't know that you know she would have gone through that yeah. or that she really understands this the things that I'm facing mm-hmm. um, and I just wanted to also say that um, I respect the experiences of people who have had you know abusive relationships and I don't want to offend anyone by you know this episode or this topic and for the people who have had abusive relationships or abusive sexual encounters with any figure whether it's male or female I mean your your experiences is yours and this is just a discussion like it's solely for like therapeutic purposes Mm -hmm. it's not it's not one decision or the other i know that you know we vote on care comments because it's interactive and i want to get that stimulation and i want people to be engaged in the topics we're talking about especially if they're like current events that you know everybody has an opinion on but i never want it anybody to think that the environment of care comments is one that ever six to one not only that i feel like it's also a learning and teaching like experience like there are times we're always going to say something wrong like we don't always have it right and you know we don't know everything so these are like a a space for open dialogue to say what you have to say you know um 
teach us if we're saying something offensive or we're not aware. You know, we come from different backgrounds. We come from all different places, you know, sizes, forms, colors, and all that. So I think it's just, you know, just a moment to just have a, you know, discussion and to be able to communicate yeah. effectively without um, having so much emotion attached to it and drawn to it because, you know, we don't know what the next mm -hmm. person is going through the same way people on the other end don't know what we're going through. So. Yeah, and we're always open to hearing another perspective. Like, there are so many people in the world, there's so many different experiences, so many opinions, and we respect every single one, but you know, sometimes our emotions get the better of us and if we don't heal from the small things, they turn into big things and as much as people will say sometimes, even myself, I'll say I would never treat my child the way one of my kids. It comes to any type of, you know, mental, physical, verbal, emotional abuse that's completely not tolerated and we are open to being educated. All, at all times um, I just want to put that out there because this is the first episode so I kind of want to set a tone it's such a powerful thing so that sexual energy can be used constructively and I don't want to say that you know you shouldn't have sex at all you should be celibate um, but I'm just saying that there should be a certain level of mindfulness and a certain discussion that's had before you have sex with someone um, I think that in our culture just in general we don't we don't have conversations before. Well, we you, you get to know a person, of course, but, you know, I think that we should be more mindful about, you know, what our, what our intentions are in our personal lives and what the intentions of the person who we are going to have sex with are. I think, um, you know, intentions are reinforced and we should, you know, be more mindful of, you know, how you're dealing with your sexual energy. Um, and you know what you want to create and how if you want to harness that energy towards creating something for yourself and don't get me wrong I don't think that anybody should necessarily be celibate if you know you have a partner that you are having um, what would you call it don't 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 get into feeling because you know both of you are consensually correlation or situation when you're yeah, no, when you're both agreed to be, to only have sex with each other. Oh, like, um, what is that? Ex ex yeah, exclusivity. Exclusivity. Right. Because, you know, the person who you have sex with, they have sex lives with other people too. Okay. And you don't want to get caught up in in that whole love triangle, octagon, pentagon <laughs> shape relationship, right? So um, I just think that's really important, especially as young people for us to, you know, be aware of and to just do our research on. Um, and yeah, so, you know, learn about your divine energy and about, you know, expanding as much as you can and how you can fuel your growth in the best possible way. I had another point and I completely forgot what it was. Um, so I will let you know other comments on this and then I think maybe I'll remember. Yeah, I would say I completely, like, I agree with Danish. Um, definitely just having the knowledge beforehand or even after, like, you know, it's never a bad time to learn. 
Um, I would say I definitely had no idea what I was getting myself into when I first started, you know, having sex with me. Me neither, girl. I didn't know about any soul ties. I didn't even know about, you know, energy being transferred until, like, I had conversations with a couple of my friends through college, actually the same college as me. Um, And we were just, like, I was learning more and more about, like, soul ties. And then I went on my own and, you know, did some scripture reading and, you know, why God just says, you know, for anyone that's paying attention to shit, <laughs> why God says, you know, that's why you should always have sex after marriage because you're just going to keep wanting to fill that mm. spot and that hole with, you know, more and mm. more because basically every time you sleep with someone, it's a union. It's just not blessed under God. You know, everything is just so, in a sense, wow. Trans, that's all being transferred. That hit me like a brick. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Every single time you lay in someone's bed, it's like that's not something that you can just get rid of in a sense. Like it's just, you know. The point is basically just to be mindful, of course, and it's always a learning experience. Like you have to learn before you can learn after. And like I said, like you know, this isn't something that I would have been able to talk with my father mm-hmm. or you know even mom till this day like, yeah you know. yeah so that's that's why honestly I felt like I would want to have like a father figure there because to me a father's a person so like your father's supposed to protect you know um to me sexual energy is something that should be protected mm-hmm. you know what I mean like that's why I feel like T.I. going to the gynecologist with the doctor while his approach and definitely making it public was not the best decision. Um, and maybe he was a little bit manipulative, and I don't know his relationship with his doctor either. I don't, you know, they could have, on one end, they could have a loving relationship, and on the other hand, he could be holding a gun to her head saying, if your hymen is broken, <laughs> right, what we're going to do? So... <laughs> So, um, yeah, I don't know the situation, but I would, I feel like for me personally, I would have loved or I would love to have that relationship where, you know, my dad or my mom would be able to sit in the gynecologist's office with me and talk to me or just at home about these important things, like about sexual energy, about soul ties, about, um, you know, your sexual power and how you can use it to create or how you can use it to destroy um, and really, that's the reason why I would have decided initially before watching the Red Table Talk or anything or anything like that. Before, I didn't even know. I, I've never even watched the ice show before. I haven't watched it, you know, in depth. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I would have said, you know, T.I. is a real ass father for accompanying his daughter to the gynecologist because I just felt like, you know, that would have been something that I would have been, I could have benefited benefited from but i mean if it was a case where it was you know someone controlling and kind of scaring you into not having sex that's completely different from you know nurturing you and just teaching you and i think that that would have been that's more effective as well you know from my um, it's more effective to be vulnerable with someone and explain things to them than to put your foot down and say you can't have sex or else, and I'm coming to the gynecologist to make sure, and she's gonna tell me if your hymen is broken or not. That's that's a bit much, but um, I have a question. Okay, <laughs> so 
I know we speak about being vulnerable mm-hmm. and you know having a place to feel comfortable to like open up and have these discussions. But like maybe because I'm just so used to like my like the relationship I have with my parents mm-hmm. and stuff like that. When are you getting is okay, I guess the question is, is there such thing as being too vulnerable with your parents or being too exposed, you know? Like is are there times where you just feel like there's just little things you have to keep to yourself or something like that? Like, cause I mean, when um, you're gonna have a child, or right. you know, when you want to or you decide to have that relationship, how are you going to build that relationship? Like, cause then how do you not blur the lines between being a my friend? relationship with my mother versus my relationship with my partner? Yes, yeah. So or even like on a friend basis, like I know there's mm-hmm. certain things I'm not gonna talk to my mom about that I'll talk to my friend or talk you know like if you're being a parent and you want to have your child come to you and talk to you when do you establish a role of discipline because if they're talking to you like they're your Mm. friend and they're being open and having all these conversations how you know when they do do wrong when do you all right take the vulnerability hat off and tell me you know Mm. like it's really good i don't know i think that honestly that's a really good question and I'm not a parent, so I don't know. So if there's any parents watching this, which I know there are, please don't roast me. Just help me and, and you know, share your own opinions. But I would think that um, as a parent, there would be a certain level of balance, right? So with certain topics that are serious, like sex, I think that that should be established. Like if you're having a serious conversation, you're going to have a serious conversation. You're not going to be out with having ice cream with all of your kids friends and decide that that's the moment that you want to have the vulnerable <laughs> talk right about sexual energy <laughs> you would definitely establish that environment so you would be in a private space mm-hmm. and you would you know say okay i want to talk about something really serious today so you you could set that tone um and when it comes to the whole disciplinary aspect of it and balancing it with vulnerability i think it's really just a a issue about balance and about you know hmm, I guess knowing the right time when to have certain conversations to show that you know right now we're having a vulnerable moment because I know with my parents you know we have different type of moments in different you know times so we might have a moment where you know we're talking about something kind of serious and then or we might be talking about something kind of sad in another moment so I think it's just about just kind of having that balance and um, just respecting a moment for what it is. So if a child ever, you know, decides to be out of line, um, then you would be able to put that hat on because you've been vulnerable in the past. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because you have that foundation, like your disciplinary action would be even more so valid because it's like I've shared so much with you i've told you and explained to you why it is that you know i believe certain things so i expect so much more from you when you're disciplining it's more of like you know i value what you're saying because you took the time to actually get to know me and understand you know the situation that i'm going through so if i'm really being coherent i'm doing something wrong because like you know yeah yeah so i get it definitely definitely and then um moving to kind of 
aspects of the conversation. Um, we were kind of thinking, well, I was kind of thinking, and we were kind of thinking, should fathers only do certain activities with their daughters and mothers only do certain activities with their daughters? Because, like, there was this viral video that went around, and it was of this father doing ballet with, actually, many fathers doing ballet with their daughters. It was like a father-daughter ballet class, mm-hmm. right? Um, I thought it was so sweet, and I thought it would it was nice that fathers were, you know, doing that with their daughters, but, you know, on another, on another, in another, from another perspective, someone else might be thinking, um, you know, this is something that's too feminine for the fathers to do. Like, they can watch, but to take part in it is, you know, they, why can't they, like, why, why isn't the mother there, you know, saying something like that, but, um. I think that in a perfect world, it would be healthy for that to that kind of relationship to be established from the beginning, like from the young years. So we kind of took the conversation from Ti being Ti Ti visiting his the gynecologist with his daughter when she was like nineteen, mm-hmm. and he's twenty three, however old she is, um, and we kind of took it down from we kind of like the conversation kind of flowed from adulthood to adolescence mm-hmm. to childhood now because we're talking about you know the, the babies yeah. but the timeline is what it is yeah like basically if you started from a young age building that relationship you know where it's against the norm of like if my dad started coming with me to every doctor visit since i was like five or something until i've grown up i've gotten used to having that relationship and my father being there with me every doctor visit so him coming to, with me to like you know the gynecologist or whatever another former doctor since I've had that relationship mm-hmm. you know not saying this is me this is all hypothetical mm-hmm. it wouldn't seem wrong right. you know if that was a typical relationship that you had right versus someone who's never really had their father at every doctor visit mm-hmm. but has had their father at every you know sports tournament or something like mm-hmm. that or you know whatever it is that people deem is fit for fathers to do right you have that relationship and they're always there you know that's the relationship you have i just feel like you know it can never really fully be a right or wrong or like, you know like this is what fathers should be doing or this is what mothers should be doing in a household because every like you know every household yeah. is different and every household one person is going to do um a relationship like in every household, a father is going to be doing something that another father in another household won't be doing. Mm-hmm. So it's never going to be. It's not black and white to me. Mm-hmm. I just want to say I that. agree. I think it's not black and white. But I would say there are certain, like, especially from a biblical, biblical aspect, there are certain roles that mothers do have and certain roles that fathers do have. If you choose to follow along with that, by all means, you know, like, I have friends, their fathers were doing their hair. Mm-hmm. Their wow. father was the one that was cooking all the yeah. time. Their fathers were, you know, doing all the, you know, like mm-hmm. in my household, my father mm-hmm. never touched my hair. Never. You <laughs> he was never picking out clothes for me. Mm-hmm. He was never cooking, like, not like all the time. Like, mm-hmm. he would cook here and there, but I've never seen that side of my father, nor have I ever seen him cry. Like, yeah. I've never seen yeah. that. So I'm not used to a man crying. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I wouldn't be comfortable seeing that. So you know what my what a father to me, what a 
intentional or is it like you know <laughs> what an underlying image of what a fatherhood means to me means it's completely different from what a father mm-hmm. means to you and that also goes to how we find men attractive mm-hmm. that you know, Very you know like someone I may find attractive and all these types that people say like you might have it's kind of an underlying image of who your father is definitely and you know to its core yeah but like the qualities that you see in a man that you've grown up with in your household that's what you're going to seek or look out and sometimes it may be opposite from what you're used to because you see all this toxic behavior and all this stuff you know what i mean like but at the end of the day there's just that subconscious you know direction that you're going towards and even if you know you have a father in your life and your father is absent you can either seek out a relationship that works like the relationship that you have with your father or something different or that could develop into you know wanting to be with unavailable men or having daddy issues or anything like that so the relationships that we have with our fathers and our mothers too but as daughters our fathers you know they shape the relationships that we grow to form in our adult life and in our adolescent life and you know that's really why I wanted to have this conversation because I know that I've made mistakes and I know that the relationship I have with my father is not perfect and it still isn't perfect and it's still nowhere near perfect and I don't think it will ever be perfect but um you know there was a time when I would never be able to sit down and have this conversation I would not be able to um express how I was feeling I wouldn't probably even understand the ways that um our relationship and the strain on our relationship um has affected me and I was just so hurt from you know things that he did and I just almost tried to block it out you know and I it it it's painful to know that other people go through what I felt but I just want to say that, you know, no matter what your parents are, I don't want to say no matter what, like 100%, <laughs> but 97%, no matter what your parents have done, this is not talking about any type of, like, extreme cases of abuse. But no matter what your parents have done, you know, you have to find that level of forgiveness in your heart, not for them, but for yourself. And um, you have to understand as well that your parents are people too. You know, we look at our parents as, we look at them and we put them on pedestals because all your life, that's been your guidance. Your guidance. Your source you know what I mean? Your knowledge, your experience, and all that. Like, yeah. They're supposed to be teaching you life. Like, they're supposed to be, you know, that at the end of the day. But no one really has, like, no correct. one has it figured it out. And everybody is feeling from their own trauma that they had as a child. You weren't there when your when your parent was growing up. You don't know what your parent went through to be where your parent is. You don't know the sacrifices that they've made. You don't know what you don't know the extent. You know what I mean? You can know, and even if they tell you, you still don't even know the depths of how they feel and how certain things made them feel. So you know, I respect the experiences of my parents. And even though our relationships aren't perfect, I have to, I had to find it in my heart to forgive. And I had to be the one to reach out and to apologize 
for things that I don't think I should have had to apologize for. But, um, you know, based on my relationship with God, I know that I have to always make sure that I forgive to be forgiven. Because um, we're, never, we're never right. We're never always right. And I feel like if you're in a certain situation that you feel is toxic, if you can complain and point a finger at someone else in any type of situation, you have to know that if these things are coming from God, that's not you. And you have to know that there's a reason why you attracted a certain situation into your life. And you have to know that there's something within you that needs to be healed if you're experiencing some type of pain from any relationship um, that you're, you know, going through. So, um, yeah, I think, is that, is that, do you have anything? Um, yeah, if you look back or if the viewers do look and notice a point while she's talking, I was smiling. Um, it's not because I'm not, like, sensitive to the discussion that she's talking about. It's more of, like, a flash in my head because we've gone through the same yeah. situation and we've talked about Off it. Off air. We've talked yeah. so much. And I kind of wanted to, like, when I thought about it, <clears throat> I kind of wanted to challenge you because there was a point in the conversation where you were just saying that, like, there were times that you had to apologize for things that you felt like you didn't have to apologize for and you had to be the first person to reach out. I just want to challenge you when you continue to go through this journey of forgiveness and, you know, talk about this experience to the next person. Try not to make it so much of um, I mm. or, like, this is what I want, mm. you know, just so that you're not underlining that you put the effort. Because even sitting here and listening to the conversation, I can still feel the hurt from what mm. you're saying. So make it more, like, speak more of it, like, this is going to be a mutual thing. Like, me and Emma both actively looking mm. at this. Speak okay. of it in a sense, like, you know, like, it's not just I. Like, we're going to be working through it. Because if you see it as I, it will always be a combative and, like, yeah. you know. You're so right. You're, you're so going right. to tally up, like, all the mm. things that I have yes. done. And it's going to yes. make you, like, yeah. look at what he's doing less. That's so true. And, it, you know, it will yeah. never be, you know. As long as we're human at the yeah. end of the day and we always have feelings and we mm -hmm. always have emotions, you know, like it's always going to feel like what you're doing is never enough or what they're doing is never, you know, comparable to what you're doing. But just to speak that forgiveness yes. in there and just to, you know, be more present and, you know, just to yes. like. Because I believe that spelling is a spell and that your words are burnt out. Mm -hmm. So the things that you say. They become true, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So thank you for that. No, no um, and I will try, no, I will really try to, you know, to not keep score, mm -hmm. you know, because as I said, there's sacrifices that have been made that I've made in my own life, mm -hmm. and, but I'm grateful for and that mm -hmm. I benefit from, right? So that's why I, I kind of started out by saying, you know, I respect the experiences of my parents, but, you know, I'm still going to try and, I, I'm not going to tell the whole story of, you know, <laughs> what's going on in my family because yeah. I respect my family and I want them to have that privacy. I'm not yeah. going to do a whole T.I. moment. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I want, I still want it, I still want that kind of raw feeling mm -hmm. to be felt 
by the audience and for them to know that I, you know, have been through pain and I, you know, I empathize and I understand. So you're right. In the future, I should always try to, you know, look at things as if I'm trying, you should be trying to, you Mm -hmm. know, have a positive outlook and uh, just, um, yeah, not keep score or feel like, oh, I did this or that. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a woman, so I'm very emotional. <laughs> and I my emotions can spill out at any given time without warning, mm-hmm. you know. I think because all is so, like, <laughs> sometimes, like, I'll be, because you said, like, you're a woman, you're emotional. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll be like, yo, there are situations where I am not emotional. Mm-hmm. And then I'll encounter a different male, like, mm-hmm. male person that's way more emotional than I am. And you're like, wow. This is so like I'm, this is off topic. Sorry, this is just, like, <laughs> so, like I'm not used to it. Yeah, this is not what I know. Like I'm so used to like being the not even because um, I'm not as okay more emotional. Okay, no, I'm emotional. Let me not lie. Yeah, but like I'm just not used to someone else like someone of the opposite sex being way more emotional than I am. Yeah, I'm not used to that. And that was off topic. I'm yeah. sorry. No, but I mean, I think it's still valid because it also speaks to the fact that Fiat probably has a reason that he, you know, some like he has a reason for the things that he's doing. I think he just wants to be a loving father and just be there and such as and just nurture that innocence Mm -hmm. for as long as he can until they're grown enough to make the decisions that they have to make. You know, when you're a parent, like that is like your life. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? When you have a child and feel like you know depending on the parent just vow to do whatever you have to do to just protect them from this thing we call you know life like this world yeah. you know and it's a lot of negative and toxic energy coming from every angle mm-hmm. up down right left you know what I mean so it's just like you just want to be vocal enough so that you're not seen as a scare at yeah. the end of the day and you know some of us some of them some of them are still learning how to just do that in a way that respected or, you know, in a way that's just not controlling, mm-hmm. I should say. Like, that's all I can say towards that. Like, everyone has a different way of protecting their child. Sure. And everyone has, you know, different, it's just, it's all different. Like, yeah. I don't know. And I feel like it's just so interesting to see how different people have to yeah. be, how different, like, every household is, although sometimes the similarities, like, when you talk to someone and they're like, yeah, we went through that too, is mm-hmm. just as rewarding and reassuring, right. but at the end of the day, like, no, like, you know, father-daughter relationship is black and white, no father-son or mom and daughter relationship is black and white, mm-hmm. nor is any marriage black and white, mm-hmm. like, we have guidelines, you know, the Bible teaches us how to do it. How we choose to do it, like you can, like, sorry, I'm going, but like, there's a set of rules or guidelines, you know, on the board. How you choose to do that rule, to follow mm-hmm. those rules, is going to be a different mm-hmm. journey from how I choose to follow those rules. They are there for us to go through, you know what I mean? But the journey is always different, and yeah. we will learn in different ways. And one rule will stick out more to us than it will, you know, to me than it will to mm-hmm. you. Or someone else, so. yeah. But, um, yeah, so to speak to that point, like, what she said, 
um, you know, we all are different. We are, we're all so different. We all do things in different ways. And um, I think, though, that at the core, the foundations that we all build on are the same. We all rely on our family for support. We all rely on our family for protection and for love. And to me, the family is the most important structure in society. The family is where you learn basically most of your life skills after after family comes to school and then after family comes to community. But um, yeah, the family is an important structure. And I just really from this episode, if you take one thing away, just please, if whether you are a mother, daughter, father, sister, auntie, whatever you are, you belong to some family. Just please take away, you know, mindfulness and just the power of vulnerability, the power of, yeah, just the power of vulnerability Mm -hmm. and love, yeah, because, you know, we need to have more discussions with each other in general, you know what I mean, just about so many different things, about marriage, about sex, about forgiveness, about life, about the environment, so, um, Nothing wrong with having your own red table at home. There's nothing wrong with you know having any type of conversation, but and you're not just gonna get from ground zero, or even if you might be at level two, or level three, or level one, to level twenty. You have to take it in stride. Like the first time I met Trina, we went crazy to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. But you know, the second, third, fifth time, we started talking about different things, and we. I think that we built a level of trust between each other that we can just explain how we feel and just be completely honest about our mistakes and about what we have been through. So um, it just starts with a simple conversation, even if it means that you just send somebody an episode of a podcast, not even this podcast, any podcast, mm-hmm. about you know something that interests you and something that you know that you want to work towards, that's healthy. You know what I mean? And just giving a piece of yourself can mean so much. A small thing can mean so much to anyone. So, um, yeah, that's really my intent and my purpose of this podcast. And I just want to thank Trina again for being on here, of course. She um, always adds a, like, extra, almost and a different perspective. And also, she's always willing to, you know, disagree and say, okay, I think that you need to change this perspective, okay? <laughs> I'm not yeah. only right to <laughs> at the same time I may disagree and there are plenty of times where I, I'm stuck in my ways you know mm-hmm. it's just it's both a learning like there's things I've learned from Kirsten that you know she's learned from me like it's you know we're both healing each other mutually like it's in that aspect so never just you know go to that one person that you feel like is feeling you but do the same at you know from your end you give and receive it's mm-hmm. a back and it's a transaction like it's back and forth yeah. so and facing all that you doubt is what makes you strong yeah. you have to be fearless sometimes sometimes you have to be bold so be bold and be fearless you know it's real it's it's worth it and you see even Tina like she said she still hears the pain from things <laughs> and I'm like yeah I'm healed from that she's like alright go easy but um yeah she's right you know things still hurt but you know I'm so much, I'm glad that I'm not at ground zero, you know, even if I'm only at level one. So, yeah. 
So, you know, thank you for listening. Okay. Yeah, thank you for listening, guys. And I hope you enjoyed our first episode. Thank you for being here, Tina. And, um, yeah, I guess we're out. I wish I had, like, a cool thing to say that had, like, a K, like, signing off. What would it be? Uh, Kudos! (laughs) (laughs) What else can we say? Um, Carrot, um... We're gonna have to brainstorm. Condolences. Condolences. No, that's like not good. Um, catch you later. Something's in the water of the tears we cry, flowing like streams, washing us clean as they dry. The soul behind those windows, your beautiful eyes, is waiting to be set free into the world. You hold the key, but only you can give it the breath of life. Everything grows when it gets dark, like a planted seed. So we feel around for the finish line, with eyes closed. While love and fear try to tear us apart, remain rooted. Hurricanes of the heart are storms that remind us that without water, there is no life. Something's in the water of the tears we cry. Love. Rest in peace to all the fallen soldiers, because legends never die.